We're going to start this episode a little bit differently, and if you follow us on Instagram, you likely already saw this post, but if it isn't abundantly clear, Make More Music LLC is publicly pledging to promote justice, dismantle racism, and humbly support marginalized communities. Atrocities across the U.S. and in my own community of Louisville, Kentucky highlight how deeply despicable and broken this world and system is. As a music therapist that promotes health, wellness, and healing, as a father and family of members of marginalized communities, and most importantly, as a Christian, I cannot stand idle. So for the foreseeable future, any donations to the podcast will go to support the work of an organization that I really respect, Be The Bridge. Their vision is to make sure that people and organizations are aware and responding to the racial brokenness and systemic injustices in our world. The podcast will continue to promote stories of artists and musicians from a variety of backgrounds, and the mission will always be to give more grace, share more love, and make more music as we connect people to music and one another. Please also consider supporting organizations in your local community, and thank you again as I just humbly navigate my white privilege and find ways to eradicate implicit and explicit bias in my life, my work, and in my communities. Thank you. Give more grace. Share more love. Make more music. And on with the episode. Hey, welcome back to Make More Music. My name's Chris, and I'm a board-certified music therapist. And this is the podcast that connects you to music and one another. So welcome back. If you're new here, I interview different professionals from everything from audio engineers to artists to sound healers to people that are running sound at church to, you know, all things in between. Eventually, I want to find all the people that are doing all kinds of creative things and hear about the different paths that can lead you to having the life you want with making the music you want. So, and I think that a more musical world is a better world, especially right now when everything is bleak. Let's support our brothers and sisters. Let's make music. Let's share love. Let's give more grace. So today I have a great story for you from Nick Laux of JHS Pedals. If you know anything about JHS Pedals, you probably know that they have a ballin' YouTube channel where they are basically sharing what I would call like the discovery channel for musicians. So or it's like Mr. Rogers. I love seeing Josh and uh, Nick behind the camera, just talking about the history of different effects, um, talking about some of the people that were creating these effects over time, going from 40s, 50s, 60s through current day time. So Nick is kind of the man behind the camera doing all the video editing, shooting everything, creating a lot of the music and the content that kind of started out of getting bored of creating the typical demo video of guitar pedals. So he talks about working at JHS from pretty much the very beginning when he said he saw Josh just like sweating and anxious in a shed and he helped putting each pedal together by hand to being the production manager to now being the head like content creator person for JHS. So we talk a lot about that, about creating music for yourself and his YouTube channel that just launched a couple of weeks ago. So go check all of his stuff out. And if you don't know anything about JHS, check their stuff out too. I have one of their pedals on my pedal board right now and I've played several and they are awesome. So before we get too far down in the weeds, let's go ahead and start this show. Today I've got Nick Lauks, 
of JHS Pedals on Make More Music. Awesome, man. Well, before we go too far down in the rabbit hole, I'm glad to chat with you. Um, you know, I've been playing guitar a long time, and it was, I don't know how many years ago now, but I first started playing at church, and some of my friends, he was a bass player actually, and he had a few of your pedals on his board, and I was like, oh, what are those? And kind of learning more and more, got into watching the JHS show, and, you know, fell in love with the brand, like a lot of people do, um, aside from the people that say JHS pedals suck, right? But, um, (laughs) so I was doing this project, it's almost two years ago now, but I was throwing a prom at, and I was helping out and put together a prom band at our hospital. So the prom band was for kids with oncology, you know, cancer, other life-threatening, life-limiting illnesses. And I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to some companies I think are cool. And right away, Zach sent us like Mm -hmm. 10 pedals to borrow or something like that. Um, Very tempting because he said I could buy them, any of them for like a significant discount, but I didn't end up at the time getting any, but that pulp and peel was really sweet. So now I own, I own my own uh, double barrel and I, I just love love what you all are doing. I love the education that you all are doing. But before we kind of get into all that you're you're doing and creating, you ready for some rapid fire? Absolutely. All right. Pull open what your phone, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to, and what's the last track you played? Oof. Okay. Let me. I'm opening my app. I'm looking. The last track I played, uh, I I was listening to um, Hobo Johnson. <laughs> I li- uh, he's this new- newish art, well, newish to me, um, and he's it's wild. It's like it reminds me of some Beck a little bit. Okay, um, but he's like this super dorky looking white guy who does these kind of like like rap songs, but rap songs. Wow. That is like the whitest thing I could possibly say. <laughs> he does these rap songs. He does these yeah. rap songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it would be like, it would be considered rap, but he, it's so wild. And there's some aspects of it that feel like cake a little bit. And, mm. but it's, it has some pop elements to it. And I don't know if you're familiar with like, um, me without you. But like, yeah, he he would do these like talk sing like talking singing yelly like kind of screamy uh, poetry sort of thing, and uh-huh. he kind of does that. But it's really pop um, sounding, and it's just wild. It's it's I like I don't even know if I should like it. Like it's one <laughs> of the I'm still like I'm afraid to ask my cool friends if they listen like is it cool or yeah or were you listening to that like seven years ago yeah yeah. right right um i I also don't care but like uh yeah so that was that was the last thing i was listening to i was just listening to that today um it's really cool stuff it's really bizarre hobo johnson just made me think it was like robert johnson's like even more like destitute cousin or something (laughs) like that so that's good 
second, you can take this as simply or as philosophically as you want to take it. But if you were an instrument, what would you be? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Um, if I was an instrument, what would I be? See, this is the thing with these kind of questions. It's like, I, I really do take them like, I take them far too deep. Like, like it's That's like one right. of things where it's like, if I'm going to answer this, it's going to be my answer forever. It's like on your tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he said he was a tuba and I <laughs> live with that forever. Oh man. If I was an instrument, what would I be? I mean, I mean, this sounds like, I, this sounds kind of pretentious, but I feel like I would be like, like a Juno synth. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I, I think I think so. What, not, are some, what, what are some reasons you'd pull that out? Well, it, it's not because I'm like a ripping keyboardist because I'm mm-hmm. not, but I, I just I like that um, synthes. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I just. I would get bored being one instrument. And I feel like if you're a synthesizer, you can kind of be a bunch. Yeah. I like that. Somebody earlier today was telling me that they, uh, they were a piano cause they're vo- versatile. And I was like, Oh, so I even like that. This, the Juno takes it even like a step further. It's like kind of quirky, a bunch of instruments, uh, in one. I love it. Yeah. See, it's okay if you say I'm quirky, but if I say I'm quirky, then we got to end this interview. Yeah, it's done. You say, I w- I'm a quirky synthesizer. That's it. You know? <laughs> so cool. Uh, what is something that's been inspiring you recently? Can be anything. Doesn't have to be music related. Oh man. Um, something that's been inspiring me lately. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of interviews with Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. Um, I am such a huge fan of his work and I listened to an interview of him with, um, Rick Rubin Mm. and I just ate it up because it was, you know, Kevin Parker does, he does everything himself. He's a multi-instrumentalist started doing stuff just like in his house bedroom, you know, studio. And I, I just love that. I'm a sucker for for guys that are just like making it happen in, in unconventional space. Mm. Um, like I just had to get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and, and I also like his story and just like growing up and experimenting, it just feels so inspiring and it, mm. it kind of makes me, it gets me uh, off of my butt in, in creating. I feel the same way about um, John Moreland's music. Like, I'm just like, man, this stuff is so amazing. And he just started like on GarageBand at his right. house. And it's like, yeah, yeah. my stuff I farted around with on GarageBand did not sound like John Moreland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, can be music related or just personal life or work life, whatever. What's a pro tip or a hack that you practice that you feel like other people should know about? Pro tip. Whoa, man. Okay. Um, hmm. I've had people tell me how to keep their takeout food warm on the ride home. So it doesn't have to be. Okay. Like, be like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, Oh man, I'm, I'm trying to think of something pro tip. Uh, You know, okay, here's a pro tip. This is a this is a dad pro tip because I this, Great. yeah, because 
one thing I didn't realize that being a dad was going to be trying to figure out how to play with your kids, but still sit down at the same time. Mm, truth. Um, so, so if you can, if you can turn your couch or a blanket in the backyard into a pirate ship, mm. you can entertain your kids for hours and not have to get up. Yeah. You're just and, manning the pirate ship. Yeah. Yeah. And also just a couple, like if you're, once you get deep into the, once you did get deep into the imagisphere of playing pirates with your kids, if you get wounded enough times, that mm. just kind of adds to the amount of time where you can kind of lay down. Yeah. You know? You're really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I got a like, you know, I got a cannonball in my arm. And then what you do is then you send your child off into the yard to go find the proper, you know, herbs and salves to, to heal your wound. Yeah. Then you just, you know, and it's not in your, what's great is it's a win-win. You get to sit and play with your kids in a way that's really meaningful. Yeah. And they're, you know, exercising their brains and, you know, you're like going and tell them to become alchemists and stuff. Right. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter today was, we had to get, she has one of those, like, I think it's Costco, maybe Sam's Club teepees Mm -hmm. and, um, it's in her playroom and for some reason we had to go in there today and sit and hide because there were ghosts coming to get us. So, um, so oh, wow. that was the hiding spot from the ghosts yeah. who I think was actually just our lab, but you know, okay. yeah. it, is, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Total 180 different, different move. What is your go-to junk food? Ooh, go-to junk food. Oh man. See, yeah, the, I just I feel like I know these are rapid fire, but I just I feel like they're so important. Um They are. They are. They're, they they're quick questions. The, they don't have to be quick answers. Yeah, they might be the most important thing we talk about the <laughs> yeah. whole episode. Um uh it depends, right? So like I'm a sucker for like uh like um sweet tarts. Mm. Love sweet tarts. And I'll eat them until my mouth hurts. Yes. You know, it's like when you eat eat so like so much sugar, it like wears away at yeah. the mouth skin. The so, sour patch kids are the worst right. at that. Yeah. Right, exactly. So like um we for Easter, my wife got these um sour oh dude, these are amazing. I, I figured it out. Okay. It's they're um these sour um chewy nerds. They're like oh. shaped like Easter eggs and they decided to just always have them available um year round and dude i I'll, i like wreck my like organs eating, <laughs> eat them non-stop and the thing is is like i i i will like finish the night out and i'll be like okay i'm done i'll put them away and i'll have like wake up in the morning look at myself in the mirror and be like you're not gonna do that again yeah like, it's like a nerd's hangover yeah I mean, it's like i'm sitting there watching Mad Men, and then I'm like, ah, I should just finish them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those those Chewy Nerds are, are, are the bomb. They're so good. I'm going to have to look those up, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nerds already kind of had that quality, like, after you ate too many. They're kind of, oh, like, yeah. hurt in strange places. <laughs> yeah, well, what's great with these is, like, it's like nerds are great, but I, they're, it's also just, like, whenever you eat them, you, you're just, you're, it's 
the majority of the time it's going to be those mini boxes. Yes. And those are, I mean, that's just like, that's a shot. It's just taking a shot of candy. Yeah. But they're like, it's just more substantial. Which is what you want when you have nerds for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, another 180. What is any person project or an organization that you want to lift up with a shout out that you think deserves some recognition? Um, any organization or, okay. Um, let me think. Oh yeah. Um, my brother, my brother is like an amazing artist. He, That's a good um, place to start <laughs> brother. Yeah. My brother, my brother is, he's an amazing artist and he, he has this, uh, Instagram page called fundraiser for a funeral, which I think is just like, the coolest name ever. Um, and he, he, he's does this really cool artwork and it's, it's super unique and really awesome. And I'm actually talking to him about doing a little collab thing. Um, sweet, but yeah, he's all awesome. together fundraiser for a funeral. Yeah, fundraiser for a funeral and you can follow his art escapades and he's just, he's super good. That's awesome. Well, take me back then where did you all grow up and what was some of your first musical memories? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So East coast, um, I lived in Tioga County, which is basically like no one knows about it except there, there is a college in the town that I lived in. Um, and my first music memories were probably with my dad. Um, I, I, I got a lot of my music mm. from my dad. Um, and probably would be like listening to Bruce Springsteen on like a summer day uh, while we're like cleaning the basement or something. Um, and my dad's a guitar player. So I got the bug from him and... I think I started really like actually playing music when I was uh, 12, maybe. Uh, my dad got me a little baby Taylor guitar. Sweet. Started teaching me chords. Um, and then drums became my thing, uh, my main thing. Mm. Um, I remember being super interested. Oh, you know what it was? It was um, the School of Rock came out. Oh, great. And yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, that movie, like, I feel like that movie, like, birthed so many young musicians. I wonder what year that was. I'm going to see what year, how old I was. Keep going. Yeah, so I remember seeing that, and I remember, like, being into drums and I was just like... 2003, I was 13. Yeah. Wait, how old are you? I'm about to turn 30 this year. Okay. I'm like a couple years younger than you. Uh, yeah, and I remember seeing that and like watching the kid who played the drums and he had like... Yeah, Zach, I think was his name. Or something <laughs> like that. And it, he had spiky hair and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I remember like buying like this red colored like gel from walmart and like spike <laughs> like individual not like 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 individual spikes like a porcupine or like 
you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, rem- and I remember, I remember doing my hair like that. And the funny thing is, is my my grandfather was the principal of the school that I went to, and I, we had like kind of strict dress code. But I remember spiking my hair up like that one time, and he was like, "You're drawing too much attention to yourself, son." And I was yeah. like, it was the first time where I had like a rebellious thought against. Yeah. The- Remember, I was like, oh, come on, grandma or grandpa. Yeah. Jack Black got me to do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then I remember hanging out after school and this guy, um, his name was Billy, and he was giving drum lessons to one of the elementary school students. I was probably like 11 or 12. And uh, I was like, I think I want to learn how to play the drums like for real. And so my mom I like asked my mom and dad if I could take drum lessons from him and he started giving me drum lessons. And then I just got hooked. My parents helped me save up for a drum set. I still have it. Um, I like part of of me doesn't ever want to sell it, but uh, yeah, I remember buying my first drum set and I would play with my dad on Sunday mornings at church. And that's kind of like where I, I got a lot of my, practice and like actually playing with people was was playing on sunday mornings um yeah what kind of stuff were you all playing at that church growing up was that contemporary christian or what yeah 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 it was i mean yeah it was your contemporary christian you know soft rock but you know uh like cold play ripoff stuff you know like uh it it was all that so i i feel like i I learned, you know, I mean, that's the thing with that music is it a lot of times it, it can be so generic, but it, but it has a lot of roots in like rock music that I feel like I, I learned the chops to be able to go on and like play other things. And just to be able to, you know, stay in your lane and play with other people and keep rhythm, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I always love, were you involved in any other bands either like in school or did you have any like rock bands, things like that growing up? Um, I had like a lot of conceptual rock bands um, in my mind. Okay. That is even better. What are some of the names of some of these conceptual Uh, rock bands? Yikes. Oh, dude. Uh, Well, um, I was, okay. So I was really into um, POD. uh, I love where this is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and the uh, and I still have like a re- like it's not something I turn on like it's not like my go to at all. But I have like such a like nostalgic uh, soft spot in my heart. You're not turning it off if it comes yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, right. If it comes on, I'm gonna sing every single word. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, one of them was called uh, Trifusion. Love it. And I basically the symbol of like because because POD had that 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 like Trinity like symbol thing, and I was like that is so cool, and I'm gonna make a symbol for my band, and it was basically exactly the same. <laughs> uh, um, but like I remember like drawing like the band on stage and stuff because you know my mom was an art teacher, so like I drew a bunch too. So I remember like drawing like the name and like what we would look like and um but i i never i never really had like a band band um 
ever really, except for like a second when like after I was married. Okay. Um, but yeah, when, when I was a kid, it, a lot of it was just playing with my dad um, and just, or like just playing music with in my room. So between the path of being, you know, having all these sweet conceptual bands and, you know, playing at church and uh, kind of all this stuff with growing up, where did you get to working with JHS? And I know you have some of your own music too. So where, where was in the middle there? Did you pursue any formal music stuff after uh, high school or what did that look like for you? Um, I mean, I just was always kind of playing music, uh, at church and stuff. And I, I never, like, my dad was kind of like my education on guitar and stuff like that. So, I mean, the great thing is like, uh, my dad would just give me like these little lessons and then I would run off and play around with whatever I learned for like a couple months. And then when I got bored with what I knew, I would just go back and be like, okay, teach me a different thing. Um, so I would really like, you know, he'd be like, teach me like, the, you know, the cage system or something. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, okay, cool. Um, and then go mess around with that and then be like, okay, teach me like a seventh chord or something. Yeah. And then I would go mess around with that a ton. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really start like I started writing like song. I used to do a a lot of like instrumental stuff. And I remember my dad got pro tools and uh, like an old interface. I mean, when I say old, I mean, now it was, it's old, but um, at this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually also still have that. (laughs) Um, uh, It was like a digi design thing or something. Um, But yeah, I remember he bought this Pro Tools rig and he kind, I mean, he meant it like for himself, but I ended up kind of hoarding it. And uh, I, I just like loved recording and like would make like little instrumental tracks. Actually, even before then, I remember when my dad got his, um, he got like a MacBook and it had GarageBand. I remember like piecing together loops like pre-made loops and just being like, Whoa, like I can make a song. Yeah. Then I could record and I could like record guitar and like piano, like MIDI piano. And I started really getting into that. Um, and it was just all fun. It was just all for fun. I, I, and I, I didn't get into actually like writing lyrics and writing songs until, um, a little while later, uh, I remember like what got me into it is I feel like I heard a few artists where like the singer wasn't that good, but like the music was awesome. And I was like, Oh, you don't have to be like amazing. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I mean, it was like, you know, some of these artists I'm trying to like think of, you know, some of them or be like, uh, yeah, people know. still like this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, right, well, you know, and it's like, I mean, this is before I knew, who Bob Dylan was, but it was that same kind of thing where it's like, wow, the, as people I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Standpoint, like it's not good, but 
from like a feeling standpoint and like an emotional standpoint, you're like, whoa, it doesn't matter that he's all over the place and his voice is wild. And, and, and when I started hearing stuff like that, I was like, oh, like I can, I could maybe take a crack at singing. And I started writing lyrics and stuff. So how much are you pursuing, you know, creating music and stuff nowadays? Is that still something more just for fun or what does that look like for you? Oh, I'm like, I'm like in a full sprint towards it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, uh, honestly, like the music is, is like my favorite part of even like my job more so than everything else. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on, I mean, I put a single out years ago and, uh, uh, I've just been learning and trying to figure out how, um, how I can put music out, uh, because I am a, uh, class a overthinker perfectionist Mm-hmm. <laughs> who will work a song into its final days and then be like, yeah, never mind. Yeah, no, I know how it goes for sure. Yeah, I think that's it's relatable for a lot of people. Um, so my solution for that is giving myself more work um, by starting a YouTube channel where I just put my music out on YouTube and show how I make it. So I'm I'm actually like currently in the process of launching that in a couple weeks, like Great. my first video. Um, and where I like, you know, actually have a song done. So I'm trying to give myself these kind of impossible boundaries so that it sort of forces me to make decisions and not overthink, uh, stuff. Um, yeah, and a lot of that has actually come from JHS. Uh, the first time I really like fully did what I wanted to do was like we did that color box video for it was a new product that we mm-hmm. put out where I I took that and I I used that pedal on every instrument and I wrote like a full song with vocals and everything and it was like the most fun I've ever had working on a project. And my thought process was, I just want to do that part of it all the time because yeah. I wrote this song in like two days and because I was completely hedged in and I had no wiggle room to like overthink it. And I put this thing out for JHS and it was really, really fun. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that for myself and just do that same thing but um, force myself to kind of write and create songs in a pressure cooker. I think that's great. And it's uh, for me, I found the same thing. The whole, like if you set a fire under your butt, you tell yourself I'm doing this, this lofty thing. A couple of years ago, I did something. Uh, My team of music therapists back then, we were all creating like, what do you all want to do accomplish for, you know, the, the rest of the year or something. And I think it was around maybe August or September. So he's, you know, like, how are you going to round out the year? And I was like, uh, there was 20 weeks left in the year or something like that. So maybe it was about halfway or something. And I said, okay, 20 weeks, I'm going to do 20 songs and I'm not going to care how, you know, yeah, 
they're going to be just be 20 songs. You know, some of them are going to be better than others. And totally. I've still not put that out into the world everywhere, but some of them are awesome. And yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think that, um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges, uh, with musicians and artists is that, um, you can kind of get in your own head about stuff. And especially if you are a DIY kind of person where you're like home studio Mm. thing, because you have the power to tweak stuff forever. So there's that aspect of giving yourself these, these deadlines and limitations to actually like finish something, which what the, the ironic thing is that, I'm really good at that for JHS, but I'm really bad at that for myself. <laughs> but that's, so, yeah, that's common. That's a lot yeah. of people's stories with everything, you know? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of have this example of what it's like. I want to hire the version of me that works for JHS. To- <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know exactly the feeling. Cause like that whole, like, even with, when I worked at the hospital, I did a lot more songwriting with teens and a lot more like, you know, I'm helping them through a co-writing process and they're expressing what they're going through in the hospital. And I was like, man, I'll write a ton of songs with kids in one week and I won't do anything uh, <laughs> for a yeah. month. But, yeah. you know, you get burnt out on things too. Like, you yeah. got you to gotta be careful not to burn the candle at both ends as well. So, sure. but yeah, I had a bluegrass band in college and, you know, we were just a polished we polished these songs before we went in to do an EP. It was the first time I'd done like real studio stuff. And I agree with you totally. You know, I walked in, I played the songs and they recorded it. They mixed it. They max mastered it. And it was like, man, that was nothing. You know, (laughs) like I just played them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's wild because right now trying to, you know, in this, like, personal YouTube channel is kind of an experiment. And the funny thing is, is like, I'm really, I'm a lot of the workflow and a lot of the stuff I'm doing is very reflected in what I do for JHS. Um, The ironic part is that because it's for myself, I met with a, a whole wave of um, uh, emotional and uh, emotional turmoil and anxiety that I wasn't expecting, (laughs) uh, which has been actually incredible because it's been teaching me a lot about my own relationship with myself and my own, you know, creative journey Mm. and realizing that like, uh, you know, like I'm working on what it's like to be an artist and do things for myself because it's easy to kind of jump on somebody else's dream. Like with JHS, there's stuff that like, I don't, I I don't second guess. Mm. Um, but then I'll triple guess and, quadruple guess it when I'm doing it for myself. So it's, it's great because I feel like I'm in this really like fortunate position where I actually have a grid for what it's like to be highly, highly productive. Mm. Um, And so it's like, it's cool. Like I'm living in like these parallel universes. Yeah. Looking at this alternate universe version of my workflow with JHS and then for myself, and I'm like, okay, like I'm making it work over here now, and yeah, so. tearing down the car- compartmentalizing of exactly. the of the lives. Yeah, well, exactly. 
I think that is a good segue into what were the skills that you had and, you know, what were you hired on and what was the original you working at JHS? What was that like? Yeah. So my, um, again, my dad, uh, connected with Josh early on and my dad was in sales. And so my dad did some sales repping in Kansas city for Josh when, when he was still, um, living in the South mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Josh came up and did like a little workshop thing where he played a bunch of his pedals for people and they were thinking about moving here and, uh, he needed help. Um, he was really behind on some orders. So my dad and I went down to where he lived and he was just working out of this like shed in his father-in-law's backyard and the floor was like caving in and it was like, it was wild. It's so crazy to think about it now, but, um, was I it just out. him at that point? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was him and he was doing everything. Um, and so we spent like, you know, a, you know, long weekend down there building pedals and I had never touched a soldering iron in my life. Wow. My dad like ruined a couple pedals. <laughs> uh, but I remember like, uh, learning how to do it. And like, he, like it was so cool cause Josh would, you know, play a ton of music while we were building. And I started hearing a lot of music I'd never heard before. And that was a really cool experience. And, uh, Yeah. And so it it just became one of these things where it's like, I got connected with Josh early on. And I even remember, I even remember like, uh, Alice, his wife asked me like, Hey, so like, what are, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to work for JHS. And I was very naive, but like they were in a period of time where it was like, Oh, like, this is so fresh. Can we hire a person? Yeah. I, (laughs) I was just assuming like, okay, I can work here. Um, and so they ended up moving to Kansas city and I interned for Josh for like a month. Um, and, uh, we were just working out of his basement for a while. I mean, at that time, like we weren't, we were only building like, uh, a couple hundred pedals a week, even like probably less than that. Um, it was super, super small. And, uh, I was, yeah, I was hired on to just build pedals. Um, I had done video editing just for fun, like playing with my friends. Like we would film stupid things and like edit them together and I would make claymations and stuff like that. Um, but, but other than that, I mean, it was just social media wasn't really like a huge thing then. So Mm -hmm when I was hired on like us having a social media presence was not like anything (laughs) like that was nothing. I didn't, it didn't even like exist. Um, it wasn't until years later we had like moved into, uh, this like storefront on main street in, uh, South KC. And we were working in like the back of this garage sort of area and uh, Instagram started becoming a thing. YouTube was around, um, but like we weren't using that. And we had a guy who worked with us. He's our general manager now. And he had 
it's like right at the dawn of like when DSLR cameras started being able to like film uh, video. Mm. Um, and we just started like, you know, we would, they would uh, take his camera along and I would, I would never go on these trips, but they would go on like these little trips to like amp expos and stuff and film like little things with bands. And at that point, like, I don't even know who was editing them or whatever. Um, but I remember when I started jumping on video, we went to an amp expo and Tyler, uh, Tyler Burkham was there. Uh, he's a guitar player. And mm-hmm. We filmed a little thing with him and it was like the first JHS trip I had ever gone on. And we drove down, we, it was in Nashville and on our way up, Josh was just like, Hey, does anyone know how to use iMovie? And I kind of reluctantly was like, yeah, I do. And <laughs> they loaded up the footage on a laptop and I just edited it together. And it kind of just sort of snowballed from there. Um, I didn't really film a whole lot for a while. Um, Steve and Josh uh, would would go film stuff. Uh, but the when we released our Moonshine pedal, which is like an overdrive, that was the first video where like, I planned it out. I had a shot list. I directed it. I didn't film it, but I edited it. And uh, um, that was like when it was kind of started becoming a thing. I would edit them in my spare time. And, you know, uh, I was still on the assembly line for a long time. Eventually, I ended up managing the assembly line. And social media just became a thing where it was like we were constantly you know, like needing videos done. And we started doing like teaser trailers more for different videos. And it, and it just became a thing where I, I think we started seeing like, Hey, this is kind of like the way of like future business, like having a social media presence as a company is like a big deal. And so it became a thing where I went from managing an assembly line to like full-time making videos. And Josh didn't tell me this until way later, but he was like, I don't know how we are going to be able to afford to have a full-time media person, but I feel like we need to. Uh, Like he just told me that like a few weeks ago, which was great. I didn't know that then, but, um, uh, but uh, yeah, it was so, it was so crazy because it was like so much learning on the job. Like YouTube and I were like inseparable, like so many tutorials I watched so many like just endless hours of learning about you know editing and like I mean I knew kind of how to edit but like you know I upgraded to Final Cut and then to Premiere and learning how to mix and like I hadn't been recording in like a basement studio at my house for a while like writing some music and learning how to mix actually um I learned a ton from Graham Cochran you just did a thing with him yeah, yeah, I was talking with him actually earlier today, and I kind of, I was telling him, I just took audio engineering this semester um, because I had been really inspired by all the stuff from him and Joe Gilder yeah. and some other people, and I was like, dude, I, I started working at this university, and I got the opportunity to take classes, you know, for yeah. next to nothing, and I was like... I had done all of these. It was funny being in the audio engineering class because I've been playing guitar forever. I've been watching all these content videos from guitar players, so I understand guitar effects. Right. And I understand um, 
music and music theory, and I know all this disparate engineering information. So I go into the class and I told him, I was like, man, I'm, I'm turning 30 this year and I'm sitting in the class with a bunch of 18 year olds. And then there was also like a a 65 year old guy who was taking the class with us. And so I'm like in the middle of, of these two groups of people. And I was just telling my teacher, who's also my colleague. And I was just like, man, uh, I'm so glad I'm taking this class now because if I was 18, this would have like zoomed way past over my head but now it's like yeah i get the information i'm literally just like sprinting with it oh yeah like, totally. right away i'd never used pro tools and now i'm like yeah uh do i pay for pro tools do i do studio one now i'm like kind of deciding which of the more pro ones i want to stick with yeah. so. no graham is awesome the uh funny fact my wife was actually in his wedding um, oh wow bridesmaid they went to college he actually engineered uh, i think one of her first like music projects um and we've never met i've never met graham hey graham if you're listening to this hit me up man that's hilarious i'm gonna have to reach out and tell him yeah, yeah. serendipitous uh, afternoon uh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. um sorry where was i i forgot uh where you were talking about learning mixing oh, yeah, uh, yeah in the basement in the basement yeah, I mean, I was, you know, watching I was watching a lot of Graham's videos and learning about mixing and talking to a lot of engineer friends and doing a lot of bad recordings. And I just kind of kept doing it. And honestly, like when I think back to like the crossover between doing stuff in my basement and e- editing and filming and mixing audio and all that stuff for JHS, I'm like, kind of like, whoa, how did I get away with that? <laughs> like like learning on the job. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How did I get away with that. I mean, that's the thing like though is like Josh was very gracious and and we were all the thing is is we were all learning. Like we were all learning how to do it. Yeah. He was and learning was, how to run a company and right. well, you know. And even on the content side, like no there was no there was nobody in our niche doing there was no one really setting the example. Yeah. Like it was being discovered as I was also learning it. So yeah. there was a lot of stuff that was like, okay, like how do we have an Instagram page as a company? Like how, what kind of content do we want to put out? Um, I mean, it wasn't until a few years later when I, I started, you know, I had been doing all of our demo videos for like whenever we would launch a new product doing teaser videos and I was just kind of like making things. Um, there was not a ton of direction to even like what I was supposed to be making. And a lot of no one knew. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know, man, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways it was just kind of like, I was, I, I loved it. And it was also just, it was wild. Cause it was just like, okay, like what do I make today? Um, so I learned a lot and I made content based on things I wanted to learn. Um, like I wanted to learn animation, uh, animation and motion graphics. So I would make projects for myself that featured those things. And then I would do them and, and learn how to do it kind of as I was going, um, with the show, the show, the show, it became a thing where it was a kind of a coming together of a lot of really cool things. Um, for me, the show was me being really tired of making demo videos mm-hmm. and no one really watching them 
And uh, then Josh would post like a video of him, you know, dinking around on a big muff and it would get like 20,000 views on Instagram. And I would be slaving over like motion graphics and making pristine videos and they would get like half as many views. And I was like, this is dumb. Why don't we just do something together? Like, you know, like I can put my production quality onto your personality and the draw that people have to like wanting to just know what you're doing. And so I started trying to think of like, what's something that we can do consistently at JHS on YouTube that, um, would bring value to people. And I remember even Josh and I talking, being like, man, I remember thinking like, I want to bring educational content to people. I didn't know what that looked like. Um, So I just remember kind of like exploring and thinking about what, like some kind of consistent series that we could do because we just didn't get good traction on YouTube because YouTube, you know, we would put out a video every few months because we didn't put out a pedal every single week. So it was like every single time we would put a video up, it would be months apart. So I started seeing photography vlogs um, in my, you know, rabbit trailing through tutorials i kind of stumbled on vlogs and i saw that format and i was like oh we could do this but like josh could just talk about nerdy pedal stuff and it would be great and that kind of i started i showed him some like photography vlogs and stuff i was like we could do this but just with pedals and kind of paralleling that um, train of thought, Josh had been also doing a lot of talks about pedal history, about guitar history. And so he had been getting this bug for like teaching pedal history. And so we just sort of, it was just kind of like with our powers combined, you know, like we, like we're going to create this, this vlog. And, and at the time, even like trying to explain, like, it was funny because like Josh, Josh will tell you like, he, he didn't even really know like that people watched YouTube. Like, I mean, he knew people watched YouTube, but not in the way that like you watch, you sit down and you watch like Seinfeld or something. What it is now. Yeah. yeah. And people were already doing that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was like, no, but check it out. It's like a TV show. It's like, we could make a TV show. And we, you know, we started like developing these ideas, you know, acquiring gear and starting to do stuff and at first he just filmed them all on his own and just over the years it's just it you know with anything that we do at jhs we kind of can't help like with if you talk to josh ever like there's nothing that he does that isn't like 110 <laughs> percent so like you're it's like you sign on to do a vlog and you don't realize that you're end you're, you're basically creating like a tv show with like all of this stuff added to it. So um, a lot of actual, a lot of my musical growth has actually in the last couple of years has really come from the show, like being oh, yeah. forced to mix and, and, and engineer these things. And it's been awesome. Like I, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. I feel like, I'm looking back. I looked back to like, I was like, what was the first episode? Did I, did I follow along from the very beginning? And I, 
I don't remember. Did you all do like an announcement that this was happening, or because I remember seeing the first interview, the first episode, yeah. this digital versus analog. Yeah, but it, it just kind of showed up one day, and then it just kept coming. Was, yeah, is that how the it kind of happened? Yeah, yeah, it kind of was, and it was my it was my gen, gen, genius slash dumb idea to make it weekly. Like, <laughs> I did not know what I was getting myself into. Granted, I'm like really ha I'm I'm really like glad it is in a lot of ways but like if I knew what I knew now I would have been like this is bi-weekly at the most because this is insane to keep up with all this stuff and at the beginning it w it was wild it was like I mean at the like okay I suggested at one point that it was going to be every day like that's how in the clouds I was at the, that time. But yeah, it just... <laughs> something saved you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there was there, divine intervention or something. Well, yeah. well, what it was is like, I'll, I'll say the, the number one thing this show has taught me is that creating experience for yourself is the best teacher. Like, uh, if, if you're going to spend hours and hours on tutorials, you better be doing double the time creating experiences for yourself learn actually applying those things otherwise the tutorials and you know you know tips and tricks they don't matter mm. um, and like we learned on the go like hardcore and it was just like there was a lot of like logistical learn like okay so josh films this thing how do we organize the files so that i know how to edit it and then now it's a thing where you know our typical episode like i can i can edit it with my eyes closed because i just i know the format and I, I i know i know the format really really well um but we just did a lot of learn on the go and then we gradually I remember, I remember in my spare time just starting to mess around with my UAD um, interface and miking drums, mm. and I I got like I, miking drums has always been the thing that's like it's been my white whale, like <laughs> like I will chase this until I die. And <laughs> yeah. one day I'm gonna achieve the most perfect drum drum recording ever, um, and I just kind of got like sucked into that and I got the drum set up and I was, I, I found a sound. I found a sound that worked. It sounded like drums. It didn't sound like total garbage. And we released a new pedal and I was like, Josh, let's jam and like jam on the new pedal. And so we did and it worked and I listened back to it now and it doesn't sound super great. Uh, well, at least like, it's what you want. Yeah. What I want now. Then I was like, this is dope. Um, but it, we had this like, and that was the thing is like, there was always this thing where it was just like, get it to this, like, it no, <laughs> like nothing was ever like always pristine. It was like passable, but like we put out passable so many times that it started becoming actually a lot better. The passable continued to get better and better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that has just, always been this thing this theme that I, I i hold on to even doing personal projects where i'm like hey like if you're not willing to just put it out it's like that meme that's like if you don't love me at my this and then it's like a picture yeah. 
of yeah. like, you know somebody in like sweatpants and like a pizza on their face then you can't have me at my this and then it's like a girl in like uh like a red ball yeah. that's kind of like what your relationship with art is it's like hey if you can't like accept where you're at with pizza on your face then like you're never gonna get to like ball gowned mode you know what i mean the best one i saw recently was um a picture of like if you don't love me at joe exotic in jail you'll never like get me at like joe exotic sitting between the two tigers <laughs> right right, right. Oh, that's exactly it man that's yeah exactly yeah so take me through i i'm just kind of laughing it's funny that i've been going along this journey with you all and now you've got like a butt ton of subscribers and i remember there was a a uh and that is it, a scientific uh, measurement. It is. But I, I can't remember. It was around, it was a couple episodes before the pedal steel one. I had, I bought a pedal steel a couple of years ago, was starting yeah. to learn, and I commented like, uh, I wish you guys would do something about a pedal steel. And it might have been the next week. Some, you, one of you all commented like, just wait. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, mind was blown. Yes. Can, uh, I just, can I just tell you that like, this is for me, the ultimate redemption of that episode, because I still to this day, that is one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. It just, it, it, it kind of encapsulated everything that the show for me that I would come to love about the show. It was, it all happened in that episode and it didn't really do that well because it was, it was like, even more niche than our niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I'll throw pedal steel on there and yeah. then no one will watch. I'm like, okay, come on, guys. Like, I know it's not like just, I know it's pedal steel. You're still going to like it. Just watch it. But like, it's it makes me so happy that we're talking about that episode because Josh and I talk about that episode all the time. Like, we thought about like actually reposting it because we were like, this is so much fun. Like how did like nobody really, nobody really like watched it as much as we thought that they would. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that happened for you. I've been wanting to get the, uh, the Keely dark side ever since I saw Tim playing on that. And yeah, no, everything's on that. One of these days I'm going to get the milk, you're all's milkman. Cause yeah. like that is amazing. And I'm going to get that dark side because that pedal steel through the dark side sounded so good. But, I mean, some of my favorites, I think the Christmas one, the first Christmas one you all did was so hilarious. Great. Um, but w when you look back, what are some of the the favorite ones you've been able to, to create and do? Oh, man. Um, I feel like I keep getting, like, a new favorite, which is a good – that's a good sign. That's a great thing, yeah. Uh, really like i'm really grateful for that um if i were to pick like a couple favorites like like i mentioned the color box episode that was huge for me mm. um that was that was huge for me in a lot of ways that i i feel like i learned so much um as a like just a creative person like the journey like that was a, a a really intent because it was a release we were releasing a new product and whenever we release a new product it's always a little stressful um so there's a lot of pressure on that for me on that video and i just was really pleased with how it turned out and i just feel like i learned so much and like i'll kind of always look at that video as kind of this thing that was like a real confidence boost 
for myself. Um, so that was really, really awesome. And that was something I had always wanted to do. I'd always wanted to take our color box and record a, a full song with that unit on everything. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, I really love, uh, we just did one with Madison Cunningham. That was great. Yeah. That was a, such a joy to watch, uh, to, to, to actually like be there and play with her. Like that was so cool. My favorite ones to uh, honestly are all very like selfish because it's like the ones I had the most fun, like making, like that was so cool to be able to jam with her and, um, and Tyler, like just being able to play with such a talented artist who like where it just, it feels like, she's so good that she also makes you sound really good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. It felt really effortless. Um, and I was like, wow, like it just was just a real honor to get to play with her. Um, and, oh man, like I really like, um, I really like uh, the earn you ball episode that we did. Mm. That was really fun. I got to do a lot of motion graphics for that one. Um, so that was, that was really fun for me just to be able to exercise some of those skills. And I, I actually really like doing motion graphics. Um, so that was, that was really fun for me. Yeah. I think that would be a cool kind of way before we get towards the end, since I've already held you for so long from your family here, but so for someone making gear videos, even not in the gear even in just music or art creative what would be some basic tips that you would give some people to you know learn and develop where should they be watching to learn these skills kind of i don't i don't know the the perfect point to that question but what would you help somebody who you know if you were going to tell yourself before all this started a couple of years ago what would be some things you would tell people yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like I said earlier, creating experiences for yourself is the number one educator. Um, you can watch tips and tricks videos all day long. Um, but if you don't apply those by giving yourself experiences to actually see how they um, apply and uh, like the a lot of times you don't even know what questions to have about whatever art project or music thing you're trying to create until you start. And I think a lot of what I learned was jumping into a project kind of blind and then realizing, Oh, I have this list of questions that I need answered. And then I took that list of questions and then I, I, you know, went on YouTube and I figured out how to answer those questions. So I think a lot of times, like, you know, I, I would say, like, don't get caught up with feeling like you have to know everything on the front end. Like, and this, and I'm saying this to myself too, like mm -hmm. something that I, I don't think you ever grow out of is just being constantly like hungry to learn. Um, and uh, I would say, you know, Give yourself um, deadlines, um, give yourself boundaries, uh, 
let yourself make things that you don't like. And instead of getting upset or disappointed in the result, let it be a learning experience. I mean, there's so many things like that we learned that like I could look back and be like, ugh, yuck. But I learned so much. And I think that's what I'm like when I'm talking about these experiences, it's like challenge yourself, like sit down and be like, I'm going to write a song in 20 minutes um, and see what you learned. Maybe you'll find out that you use the same cliche lyric over and over again, or maybe you'll realize that you use the same chord progressions over and over again and allow those experiences to inform how you're going to further your education. Um, because otherwise just kind of like bouncing around on YouTube and trying to figure things out is kind of, it can be really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Find, create an experience for yourself that'll force you to run into problems. Um, uh, Be open to the questions that you have about how to solve those problems and then go out and solve those problems. Don't worry about the other ones because there's a zillion problems that you're going to have. Once you solve those, apply them over and over and over again until you have more questions and then go solve those. Simple enough that it must be hard work, huh? Yeah, it's exhausting, but it's it's great. Well, I would love to kind of just get into this last part. I always love to ask people, um, especially I think just from your all's perspective. I mean, I as a consumer – of JHS just love the the joy I see you all have and I also love the how you try to be infectious with that um and share it and be funny and you know not take yourself so seriously and all of this stuff so I want to hear from you and your perspective um the how and the why that you inspire others to make more music. So how, what does it look like practically and why, what is kind of your personal philosophy of why it's important that people are out making music? So how, how, what's the how again? How practically, what does it look like for you to be inspiring people to make more music? Yeah. Well, I mean on that, like I just hope like, it's really like a hope. Like I hope people see like what we're doing and it inspires them to also not take themselves so seriously and to just enjoy the craft of making music and to get back to that place of like when you're in your bedroom as a kid and you're just fiddling around with, you know, guitars and amps and pedals. And it's not about whether this thing is, you know, has the right, components or the circuit is this whatever like there are so many things that people get hung up on with with gear and with music that I think it's I hope that they see us just kind of throwing ourselves at it Mm. and they do the same because it's it's really not worth it unless you're having a good time and the whole reason why any of this, this company exists, why JHS exists is because music is a thing, mm. you know? So if you're keeping yourself up at night, like scared that you're going to buy the wrong guitar pedal or you're, you're going to buy <laughs> the wrong DAW or something, 
it's like, hey, like, relax. It's okay. You can return it if you want. And also, this is all about making music. Like, Kurt Cobain didn't care if his pedals were true bypass. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, I, I just, I hope people see what we're doing and they go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to care a little less about the stuff that's unimportant. And I'm really going to just pour myself into creating. And I think that has been inspiring. That has been, that's come across from what I've seen of just the whole, like, if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. Just, just I'll, try stuff, you know, like yeah. make noise, be nice to people, which is seems so hard on the age of the internet, right? Like be right. nice to people, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people like to say stuff from the comforts of their basements. It, it appalls me. And I love what, how you all, you know, some of those first comment videos and my favorite person on the internet with that is Ryan Burke with 60 cycle hum. He just like, yeah, he just reposts the things. I'm like, oh, you, you so know, you, you do your thing. I'm glad for you. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. But awesome, man. Well, kind of, you already talked about it a little bit from a practical sense, but for the last thing, I would love if you would encourage that person who, you know, I actually, I would love for you to even narrow in. Think about the person that needs your all's videos, that needs you all to uh, be encouraging them. That, Like you said, the person who needs to maybe not take themselves so seriously, yeah. whatever those issues are, I want you to just take a minute and what would you say to that person, whether that's the younger version of yourself or this other person that, you know, this mythical person watching these videos? Yeah, yeah. You know, I would just say, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you really love music and that's the most important thing. And if you love it enough, like all of the stuff that you're worried about is going to clear up, uh, just create. That is the only thing that's really important. What kind of guitar you have, your proficiency at the instrument, your love for making music is what's gonna drive you to get better. So just focus on that. Um, mm. It doesn't matter if you have the dumpiest guitar rig or the the worst drums that it's just like, get really good at it. Get really good at it and you know, the recording equipment and all of that stuff that'll come because you you won't you you you'll just it'll overflow it'll come from that overflow of just loving to create um yeah just dive into making things and don't worry about what other people think all those people on the internet who are you know all the people that comment on our videos and are mad because of whatever they're those i feel bad for those people because yes. they're 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 not doing anything. They're probably sad because they didn't do anything. Um, yeah. so, hurt people hurt people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I would just say, d just dive into it. Don't worry about what people think. Some of the most influential, inspiring artists of all time started from literally nothing. And they just were so hungry to make music and to make art that all the other stuff kind of came into place. So I think just creating is the most important. Awesome. Well, Nick, I love this. This has been a great chat. Yeah. Uh, I love all your time that you've shared. So 
since we've talked about all these awesome things, if someone doesn't already know about what you do, about JHS, I always say when they're waxing down their surfboard to go on the World Wide Web and mm-hmm. surf, um, where do you want them to look? Yeah, well, you can uh, you can uh, follow um, JHS Pedals at JHS Pedals um, on Instagram, and you can subscribe to the JHS Show on YouTube. And you can follow me at Nick's Tapes, which will be the name of my YouTube channel, um, which by the time this comes out, I should have a couple videos up and it'll be the same thing on YouTube. So Nick's Tapes on YouTube as well. But yeah, uh, that's where that's where all of the stuff is happening. Awesome, Nick. Well, I appreciate you. I feel like we're uh, we'll have to connect again sometime soon in oh, the future. Sure. This is yeah, a, a good bouncing off point. Um, Cool. Well, anything else you need to clear your chest, or are you ready to call it a night? No. You know what? I have a hankering for those uh, those gooey <laughs> nerds. You need to go I get you one, man. Get, get some of those before it gets too much later. I yeah yeah maybe have one or one or nine of those yeah yeah one or nine <laughs> yeah cool all right man well for Nick and for Chris remember everybody give more grace share more love and make more music. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Nick Laux of JHS Pedals. If you did, remember in the show notes on your podcast player or down below in the description in the YouTube video, because I am on YouTube, remember, you can find everything for Nick for JHS Pedals, the JHS show, which is on YouTube that comes out every week that is balling. So check that out. And if you want to support the show, you can do so. You can follow us on Instagram at make.more.music. You can check us out on YouTube at Make More Music Podcast and tell a friend, tell a stranger, tell whoever about the show. Uh, I'd really appreciate it if you do that. You know, you can give a thumbs up, you can subscribe and give a rating and review. All of those things are super grateful. We do have merchandise and all that stuff is in the show notes and everything too. But today we're going to do a special thing. We're going to end with the most recent song that Nick put out for the demo of the four awesome new fuzz pedals that JHS just released. He recorded drums, synth, guitar, and vocals all through four different fuzz pedals. So here is Elevator Disco by Nick Lauks using all JHS pedals. Give more grace, share more love, make more music.
I could have just done it, and who would have cared if I failed? It would have just been on me, and it would have been a big deal. Who really cares? My mom, my dad, my co-workers, it doesn't even really matter that much. I'm doing my best anyway. I'm trying to create and make some good stuff, and that's really great. I think that's great. I think it's awesome. I like it.